When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back. It's Thursday, back from a short hiatus. I'm Mike G here with my guy Auburn Beams and Brandy Mack. Guys, uh, when I went down, uh, Auburn had a coach. And when I came back, Auburn did not have a coach. So uh, we're not going to get too far into uh, the not having a coach, but a coaching search is on right now. And we are talking a lot of Lane Kiffin lately. So uh, rumors are running rampant. Everybody thinks they know what the contract stipulations are going to be. Social media. I want to start with social media memes. It's wild out on Twitter right now. Everybody's everybody's got a theory. Everybody's got a donor or a cousin or somebody who knows somebody that knows that uh, Auburn had lunch with Kippen a few days ago. Uh, we were doing flight trackers. Just it, it's been wild out there on social media. Uh, give us the tone and the pulse of the Auburn fan base around this potential hire right now. Yeah, well, the most definitely the the feeling of hope is back. People are excited. It, this is a, a completely different feeling than how it felt in 2020. It really, 2012 and 08, all the coaching searches in my lifetime that I'm old enough to remember extensively. This one probably has the most feeling of hope. It has the most feeling of alignment. The feeling of letdown just isn't there. I think people are excited. There's some moxie. And I think a lot of that, you never had one with the season going on. So, You've got, you know, at the end of the day, you've still got Cadillac there keeping everybody going. So you're not sitting there worrying about players. You've got a new AD, you've got a new president. So you're, you got NIL rolling. So there's a whole bunch of reasons to think that with there being just alignment and everybody on the same page, there's hopefully fingers crossed, knock on wood, do every good luck omen thing you can do that there's no way that they can screw this one up. And there's a lot of money rolling into things now with these TV contracts. You just got nearly, what, a $100 million 
football only facility that just got finished. So there's a lot of lot of momentum rolling. Even though Auburn's a four win team right now, it's the the level of optimism and this particular moment, top to bottom, is feeling really good. So I'd say the pulse of things, it's it's good. There's optimism. People are happy. People are excited. Well, what does that mean? Alignment, right? Like, like when you say alignment, and Brandy, I want you to jump in here on this too. I think. Um, what does Auburn need right now? We desperately need offense. And they're about to hire possibly one of the best offensive minds in college football currently. Now, uh, Lane Kippen was part of the Nick Saban rehabilitation program, right? Where he was taking all these like coaches who blew their head coaching uh, chances, came in, um, and he did wonders with Blake Sims at Alabama. Uh, you know, uh, about you know eight years ago. Uh, since then, uh, he has done well everywhere he's been. I think he's a proven play caller. Like, what is it, Brandy? Like, what is a what does alignment look like for Auburn in this hire? Um, and what does it look like with Lane Kiffin? Yeah, I think alignment looks like in this hire for Auburn is we are making a hire for the next decade plus. And we are thinking about Auburn's future, per se. Um, I think whenever Parson was hired and whenever Gus was hired, they both came from programs that were not, you know, high power five programs. We, I think it's absolutely necessary that we need to hire from a power five program or, you know, just a complete home run hire in a sense. And so I think that's what alignment means in this hire. Like we have to hit we have to hit the ball out of the park on this hire or, you know, all of this would have been for nothing, in my opinion. I think alignment also means just everybody being on the same page, boosters understanding where they went wrong in the past, what they did right, um, the president and the athletic director also being on the same page. Um, when Stephen Leith was our president, I felt like he was never on the same page as, the, as our athletic director. So... I think that's really important. So I think everybody being on the same page and then everybody understanding what happened in the past, where we went wrong, and kind of correcting those mistakes for the better betterment and future of Auburn, Auburn football. Um, when it comes to Lane Kiffin, I feel like he's a guy that wants autonomy of a program because mm. who wouldn't as, as a leader? And I think for him, if he can just get what he wants and knows that he's able to get the people under him that he wants, he can make calls and make actual coaching decisions without involvement from anybody else that's outside of the football program, then that's what would be alignment if Lane Kiffin comes to Auburn. Okay, so let's talk, uh, let's stick here for a second because of what you just said about, you know, what getting what he wants. Um, the numbers being thrown around for this potential hire are insane. They would easily make him a top four or five uh, number pay, one, potentially on the top one, side of the room. Yeah, number one on the top mm-hmm. side. Hey, uh, Jimmy Sexton's in this one. Let's remember, no one's hey, better at getting money out of Auburn than Jimmy hey, Sexton. I feel like Jimmy Sexton is undefeated when it comes to getting ridiculous buyouts or floating rumors to leverage raises, raises. from current institutions that uh, coaches are coaching at. But uh, you don't pay a guy that kind of money memes, right? And then not let him run his program. Um, I've been I've been told that one of Kiffin's stipulations is complete autonomy. Let me run the program the way that I want to run the program. You know, what does this look like? And 
Um, are there some boosters who are going to have to just write their checks and sit down and shut up? Yeah, I, I think there are. Yeah, there's a lot, right? <laughs> right, yeah. The so interesting thing here, if I can jump on the this uh, as <laughs> the lane train, gonna had to plug that joke in there. <laughs> So it's 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 interesting to note here. Obviously, Lane was famously coached in the NFL for a very brief time in Oakland and had that incredible like like seventy four yard field goal kick attempt that I, I still think was one of the best play calls in football. But then ignoring the NFL because obviously Nick Saban reminded everybody that uh, NFL failures don't really translate to college. So we'll take that part out of it and. Um, Look at Kentucky. I'm said Kentucky. Kentucky lost as we're recording this right now. So just nothing but uh, nothing but uh, good luck for them and the rest of their season. So he started at Kentucky. I was I was right in the SEC East at least. Did I say Kentucky twice? Did you I did. Say Kentucky? Yeah, you said God. Yeah, you said- Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky okay. twice. Don't edit this. I want everybody just to know like how, <laughs> how dumb I am. Mike Beckett memes raw. Tennessee. He's at Tennessee in 09. Uh-huh. And he went seven and six and dipped to USC. Now, let's remind everybody USC, because everybody's like, oh, we well, got fired from USC. His record at USC was not terrible, and they were on like hella probation. They had uh, postseasons taken away from them for two years. They had scholarship cuts, you wins vacated. Just there was a cloud over the program. Pete Carroll left it in shambles after he ran off to the NFL. So, he went eight and five in 2010. He went 10 and two in 2011. And this is back when USC thought they were Alabama. So anything right. that was less than a 10 win season was just disastrous over there. Now they'd, they'd, they'd pay big money to go eight and four. So then you have seven and six in 2012, and then three and two with an asterisk because that was the fire Kiffin game and he was let go. So overall, his record at USC wasn't horrible. He never had a losing season at USC. USC, even despite the fact that they were under probation. And then you jump over to Florida Atlantic. He had a 11 and three, five and seven, and then he bounced back to go 10 and three. Good run at Florida Atlantic. And then we know uh, what he's been doing and what he's been on pace to do at Ole Miss. So his coaching record as a whole has been very good. I mean, overall, his uh, total record in college is 84 and 43 uh, point. 661. Now, some asterisks by that. You do have some time at Florida Atlantic, and the uh, five losses were his first year at Ole Miss during a COVID year, which everything was kind of wonky there. So, a little bit of asterisks by that, but the fact that he has one, two, three, four, and probably on pace for five separate 10 win seasons, that's definitely something pretty good. And that's not accounting for any of the success he had at Alabama as an offensive coordinator or any of his previous success when he was uh, working in the NFL and a a position coach for uh, USC and some of the other teams he'd been at. So the resume is good for Lane, even though he got fired from USC, like that was still like by most standards, wasn't necessarily a horrible deal. I just think USC's expectations were just a little too high in the clouds at the time. All things considered. Well, listen, when Saban hired Kiffin, it marked a it was a marked like change in offensive philosophy for Alabama. I think, you know, Gus had kind of come in and brought the hurry up 
no huddle thing. He started complaining about rules and he just decided if you can't beat him, join him. And he went out and he hired Lane Kiffin. So um, again, proven as a play caller, um, you know, I don't know that I like the numbers being thrown around for Kiffin, but um, you're talking about a guy who is at a two loss program right now and clearly has them trending the right direction. So if you're going to pull him away in the middle of that, certainly the numbers can have to be something I think not necessary. I don't think that money is his main concern. I think the money symbolizes the commitment by the program to giving him time and autonomy to build his program. Right now, Auburn is not like some four year rebuild. There are a couple of good portal recruits away and some old linemen from being a really hard football team to beat. Hell, they're already a hard football team to beat, if you ask me, right? Uh, so everybody outside of Georgia and a few other schools, I mean, I mean, they've given hell to a lot of schools, uh, you know, dur- even during this stretch where they, they, they've lost a lot. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see which way they go. I mean, Auburn has a new AD, Mr. Cohen, uh, and he's got one job here because the entirety of Auburn athletics is in a great spot outside of football. He's got one job here and that's to get this right. Now, Brandy, you and I were talking before uh, we hopped on to start recording tonight and it's being floated out there that there might be some other names in the mix now because of the numbers being thrown around and the interest in, um, you know, this being one of those things where Auburn might actually change directions in terms of how they've operated has made the job more attractive to some bigger names. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, and well, I won't say bigger, but like, uh, I would say pretty comparable, pretty comparable to Lane Kiffin in terms of, of their um, resumes and maybe even some that might be better in terms of their resumes. Cause the number that's being floated out there for Kiffin is around 12 million over 10 years. And that's a lot for a coach who doesn't have a single national championship or SEC championship ring. Um, but also at the same time, like that may be part of why he wants to, why he's like considering Auburn in the first place, because we have a much higher ceiling than where he's currently at. Um, as for those other big names, you know, there's a lot of changes that are happening in the college football landscape right now. Realignment mm-hmm. is going on. And so there are some conferences out there who may feel like if they have a big time head coach there, you know, that their program may not be um, headed in the right direction as the rest of the country because of what division they're potentially going to be in in the future. Right. So right. I think there's some implications just in the broader college football landscape that are playing a part in some larger um, names and people also being interested in this position. So uh, you raise a good point, and memes. I want you to join in here, right? Uh, conference realignment is coming, right? Uh, you know, we've kind of it's been a lot of drama. Once we get into the season, people forget the SEC added Oklahoma and Texas, right? And it's going to change the landscape of college football. Could one of these quote unquote big names be in one of the conferences? affected by uh, realignment or one of the powerhouses outside of the SEC and the Big Ten thinking, hey, this might be my chance to get into the SEC um, and play with the big dogs before they before they own everything. 
Are you, are you saying like other schools trying to jump to the SEC? Well, I mean, listen, if you're a big time coach, and I'll throw a name out there like Dabo Sweeney. Oh, right? okay. You're saying you're saying other coaches trying to jump on the SEC before it's too late. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I oh, mean, yeah. You know, like you know, you got Dabo. He's in the ACC. He's played for championships. He would be a big name, but uh, he's going to be on the outside looking in after conference realignment. I think. Uh, and it's going to be tough for a lot of schools. Does Dabo maybe think, hey, let me throw my name in the ring, well, no, leave they, Clemson uh, behind or now and go to Auburn? Yeah, no, I think you're 100% right on that. And I uh, I was actually talking to the buddy about that on the way back from Auburn when I was heading back Sunday. And because there was, there was, there was some, and I'm going to say this with a giant capital R, a lot of rumors that floating that Dabo's people had reached out to some Auburn people. And who knows what's true and not true. I don't think it matters, but I do think we zoom in on that one point is if you're if uh, if you are not in the SEC or you're not in the Big 10 right now it's looking a little scary for what the future is going to be for college football as far as what are some of these other conferences going to end up doing i'm sure in time something will get figured out but it's not looking very good there because you've got issues with the geography aspect of is USC going to be flying all the way the, across the country to play uh, what 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 conference were they supposed to be joining? They're now? joining the Big Ten, I thought. Yeah, the Big Ten. So you're gonna have USC flying to play Ohio State and just like weird things like that every other year. It's just gonna be, and I think they're gonna see, start seeing other conferences trying to do similar things like that to survive. Like does Oregon join some remade ACC or some things like that? Some it's, Big Three conference. It's gonna be the Big Twelve. It's right. gonna be the Big Twelve. So, Oregon. And that's going to be, and that's definitely going to hurt. I think a lot of because I, I think West Virginia is a great case study of that, where their just their fandom and their just tradition got just completely nerfed with the when the Big East dissolved, and so their classic rivals like Virginia, Virginia Tech, and especially Pitt, you don't see any of those type games because no one's really getting up for them to fly all the way to Texas and play that game. No right. one from Big Twelve countries traveling up to West Virginia, Morgantown to see them play. So with a lot of realignment, you're going to see programs kind of get hit with that and i think that's the beauty of what the sec is doing is hey we're staying dominant as a brand but we're also staying dominant to traditional rivalries and geographical proximity which i think is going to be very very helpful in the long term so going back to clemson they're in a weird spot because unless the acc does some major restructuring what are they going to do i don't know if the big 10 is going to take them the sec is not going to take them what what kind of mega conference pact alignment alliance whatever that thing was called ends up happening i don't know so with the with the riding potentially being on the wall does clemson necessarily have the money to follow this stuff was clemson really as good as we thought or was it the fact that you had two generational quarterbacks playing back to back that just shot that program up and got a few national championships because of it i don't necessarily know what that may look like because if you're saying hey Let's go ahead and get out of town here. Maybe he wants to jump while he's still one of the hottest premier names in Correct. football right now. Yeah. So that would make sense to why, hey, like, let's get to the SEC and some of these other guys thinking, let's get to the SEC or let's get to major established powerhouses who have blue chip ratio, who have essentially unlimited money, who are the the haves versus the have nots and kind of build my nest. Because the, I mean, if we're, if we're talking these guys making hundreds of millions of dollars, on top of the winning, the fame, all the other stuff, like, yeah, go ahead and try to jump on it now because we know the direction college football is going mm. with the money, with the TV contracts, the NIL, and all that. Like, 
I, I think that's going to be really on a lot of coaches' minds for what programs can and can't do it, at least in the short term. So I think the coaches need – I mean, the coaches aren't dumb. They're going to know, like, hey, let's, let's jump on the ships that can uh, sail and sail fast. Well, listen, I want to be clear. I threw Dabo's name out there as an example um, of a coach with the kind of resume in one of these other conferences that could, you know, possibly be one of these other names that are being floated that Brandy and I were hearing. Um, But, you know, there there are some other names out there that it could be. I I know that Cohen is probably going to take his time and make sure – uh, guys, I want to pivot a little bit uh, to Coach Caddy. Coach Caddy has been asked to step in, and in his debut as Auburn's head coach, uh, they lost an overtime game to Mississippi State. Uh, they took down Texas A&M. And uh, I want to bug here for a second. <laughs> what What does this look like? If Coach Caddy beats Western Kentucky and then somehow pulls out a road Iron Bowl win against Alabama to get Auburn Bowl eligible, there is a faction of the Auburn fan base that feel like he should be a serious candidate for head coaching job. I can tell you I am not one of them. I am pro Coach Caddy, but I don't think that that would be a situation set up for him to succeed. I think we were setting him up to fail. Um, And... Um, most of the, a lot of those voices too are outside the Auburn fan base. Like, oh, why won't they give him a shot? I think if you asked him, he'd be honest with you and tell you, hey, I've got a lot to learn to be the CEO of a program. Um, you know, how do we feel about Coach Caddy? And if Lane Kiffin is hired, if Lane Kiffin is hired, is he going to be, is this the one stipulation that Auburn puts on him is to retain Caddy? Um, so I think one, what he has done to unify and just bring absolute life and joy back into Auburn football in such a small, short period of time has been incredible and hat tip to him. Um, hat tip to him for what he did going into the Mississippi State game that we almost won and like having to prepare for that on such short notice. Even same with Texas A&M, like he still didn't have that much time to prepare. And he even said himself he was never expecting to be where he's at right now. Um right. I think this kind of goes back to alignment and what somebody who is a very um, big-time coach and what's important to people is having full control of their program. I would be like pretty disappointed in Auburn if they put that stipulation on a new coach that's like, hey, you have to keep him on staff. That being said, I want him to be kept on staff. I think he's earned the right to be kept on staff, but by no means do I think Auburn should say, hey, you have to keep him on staff or you're not getting hired because that kind of defeats the whole alignment purpose and giving autonomy to a coach. Um, I think he will be retained regardless. And I don't even think Auburn needs to say that he needs to be retained. I think whoever comes on board, will see the job that he's done and we'll see how important he is to the Auburn family, how important he is to those guys in the running back room and in the rest and in the rest of the locker room as well. So one, I don't think Auburn should put that stipulation on a new head coach. And two, I don't even think that they're gonna have to because I think that it's kind of understood in a sense. Hmm. Right. Well, I mean, it could be a strong suggestion though, right? Like, hey, we would really appreciate if you retained him. Now, l- let me tell you something. I don't think that this is this is not something that doesn't make sense. It would make a ton of sense for the new coach to come in and say, Hey, this is 
a player's coach. Uh, he's a great recruiter. Um, he's good. You know, he's good at his job as a position coach. Uh, and he's a program guy who can bring a lot of energy to your program. I mean, I think that there are a lot of positives to this uh, outside of, you know, to not make it like a, hey, do this or you can't come coach here. All that being said, too, I totally agree. The good thing is if we do hire Kiffin, their running backs coach has been at Ole Miss for 15 years. Oh, so, wow. Right. So I would assume he would most likely stay, especially with who our running backs coach, now interim head coach, is. So, like I said, I think, especially if we hire Kiffin, I think it's going to be kind of understood. And I don't even think it needs to be a suggestion at all. Mm. Like, I think I think Cadillac is a better coach than Derek Nix is. Um, somebody else who has a lot of experience, but also just where Caddy's at and where he comes from. So, Memes, is it completely ridiculous to talk about Cadillac in the running for this head coaching position at Auburn? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's an emotional pull. I think there's a lot of people, and I'm not going to say any outside noise because outside people, their opinion doesn't matter here. They don't really know. So let's just say within the inside of it. I think there's a lot of emotion of it. I think people love him. I think people love his passion. I don't think it's a jab at Brian Harson to say that Cadillac is very much more outward with his passion. And I think that is just something that's refreshing for people to see. They love the energy. They love how raw and authentic he is. I mean, when he's talking, there's not an ounce of coach speak. I mean, that is him just being genuine to himself. And I think for an interim, that's incredible. I I think it is very possible to support a coaching search and support Cadillac at the same time. I think that this outside narrative that's being pushed, that it's kind of one or another. Like if you support a coaching search, you don't really support Cadillac. That's messed up. That's, That's just, that's dumb. Doesn't make any sense. Right. So... <clears throat> oh, go ahead, Brandy. I was just going to say, sorry, I just wanted to correct myself. Derek Nix is now the wide receivers coach, but he was for 12 years, their running backs right. coach. Blackwell is the running backs coach now who's been there for three seasons from Houston. No other connection to Lane Kiffin. But it, I would say like between those two guys, like Cadillac still kind of out think would supersede those two. So sorry, I just wanted to correct that. But yeah, yeah, it's a good, to Mike, to what you said though, I, I agree 100% in the fact that Along the lines of what you said about like it just wouldn't be fair to him to throw him into the fire right. like that, right? Like he he's still very young in his coaching career. I, I think I and most everybody else would be thrilled if he stuck around on the team in some form or fashion. But I understand if he can't because there's a lot of business behind this. But the good news for him is that let's just say he doesn't he doesn't end up staying at Auburn. He is going to be very successful at whatever his next move is. And then obviously roads can always lead back. It's not like it's a, hey, you're gone and you're gone forever. Like he's still young. There could be chances of him to come back and coach here in some facet or maybe be a head coach one day. Like there are endless possibilities there, but I think he he is going to do wonderful things, whether it be at Auburn or somewhere else. But as far as him being head coach, I just, like I said, I I think that's a bit of an emotional knee jerk. Like that's, that's kind of like, you were in a toxic relationship and you, you re you, the person, the first person you rebound with and you really hit it off with, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is so awesome. Maybe, maybe we should date right now. And then like maybe a little while later, you're like, Oh, this wasn't a good idea. It yeah. might be something along the lines of that where it's like, it's good in the moment, but like maybe take a little time, do something a little bit more structured. I love relationship analogies, by the way, when it comes to, to the football. So uh, bravo there, Brandy, what do you think? 
I think one more thing I wanted to add to, like not saying this is as a stipulation, obviously for all the reasons that I just said, but I'd be very impressed if we did bring back another one of our own guys. Do you will? I mean, he is a he's uh he was just announced today as a Broyles Award nominee, so he's done a really impressive job at at UCF so far as a defensive coordinator, and he dominates on the recruiting trail for the most part. So I would be. Very pleased if he came back as a defensive coordinator. Um, just thinking like how young the staff could be and how exciting that would be. Um, so that's a name I would love to see out there. I know there's been another name thrown out there for a defensive coordinator, which is kind of interesting that people are throwing names out there for coordinators or who they're hearing is going to come because that's fully up to the head coach. But people are also throwing out Muschamp, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. He's at Georgia right now. I wouldn't hate. Year. I wouldn't hate it, but like, I'd rather see us go another direction. I, I personally, I, I personally love it, but you know, the conversation for another time, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Listen, lots going on at Auburn University. Auburn uh, has a new AD. Uh, they will have a new head coach, presumably, in the next few weeks. Uh, guys, I want to end today's pod uh, talking about the timing of this coaching hire. Right now, uh, with the emergence of maybe some names that haven't been announced, uh, there is evidence to suggest that Cohen might be a little bit more judicious about how he goes about this because Kiffin seemed to be the front runner. But, you know, if you are getting serious interest from qualified big name candidates, you have to vet those, which will slow the process down. Um uh, despite whatever talks are going on, I think Kibben is going to finish the season um, as old Mrs. Coach. Uh, and if he were to be hired at Auburn, somebody would take over and coach their bowl game essentially after the season is done. Um, so I don't think there's any chance that we announce before the season is over. But you can lock in, whether it's public or not, you can lock in your coach. Um, my question that I want to pose to the two of you is, is that it, if we come out of the Iron Bowl without a clear f- and public front runner for head coach, is this a disaster for Auburn football? Right? Like they've got to move early and quick. I think with the early signing period for recruiting, um, this is urgent, is it not? Like, you know, you've got to tell recruits who their coach is going to be. Um, is this a disaster if we come out of the Iron Bowl without a coach? Like, literally, like, maybe I'll give it till Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, if we don't have somebody announced, I'd give it three days after the Iron Bowl or so, then that's a problem in my eyes. Because, obviously, right now, with the transfer portal and then with signing day, right, being on December 5th, um, early signing period, there is a possibility with the new head coach, we could seriously flip some guys that are could be really key in helping rebuild the program. So I, it's not a complete disaster, but it's certainly not a good look in terms of like the timeline of getting us back to where we need to be. And that's to be a winning program. Memes, disaster or no? I'm going to, I'm going to rank it a little bit here. Uh, I think if you, if you have it by the iron bowl, if you have it before the iron bowl and it's the right person, I think we're doing great. I can understand if it's made public right after the Iron Bowl. I'll say within a 24-hour period after the game. could be the same day. It could be the next day. 
eh, I guess you're flirting a fire if you want to make it a little easy and do it on Monday, as long as it looks like, you, hey, we got things rolling. If you do not, if it is December 1st and you do not have a head coach named, there is something very, very bad going on. At least to me, looking at it, I, I have a hard time thinking that everything is all well in the world if you are at December 1st which would be the following Thursday after the Iron Bowl, and you do not have a head coach named. Because at that point, uh, none of the candidates that they're looking at look like they'll be playing for conference championships. Give us another relationship analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so it's like the the person you're dating, and they, they leave that text on read for days, and they're, well, I was busy. And that's not good. I don't know what's touching there. Yeah, nobody's ever really that busy. <laughs> yeah, agree. Something's wrong. If, if, yeah, I agree. As close to the Iron Bowl or before is better. If we're if we're pushing it after, I I see that bad, bad, bad. Uh, then Lane left us on red for a week. <laughs> right, left us right. on red. Right. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like it. I like it. Pushing see, it, it worked. It. it worked. I made it work. It's gonna now. be. It's good. Obviously, it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, you know what they decide to do and how they move. Uh, there were a lot of things surrounding Harson's tenure that Auburn just didn't get right. Uh, and this is a chance, I think, to hit the reset button on a lot of stuff very quickly and forget a lot of stuff. Man, if you're Cohen, you don't have to fix basketball. You don't have to fix baseball. You don't have to fix gymnastics. You don't have to fix equestrian. All you have to do is get this higher right. That's it. Literally, that's his whole world right now it's his whole purpose of existing is to hire a football coach and then make sure that the other coaches who are already successful have the resources that they need to continue to be successful uh so it'll be interesting to see how that goes guys it's thursday i'm here your boy mike g returning to the pod uh, i had to take a little bit of a hiatus uh to deal with some health issues but i am back at it with my girl Brandy Mack and my guy Auburn means we're going to be back at you guys next week. Auburn plays Western Kentucky this weekend. Hopefully that's a dub. And hopefully, guys, next week we're talking about whether Auburn can beat Alabama to not only ruin their season to give them three losses, but to become bowl eligible. It's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait. You can't wait. These guys can't wait. We'll be back at you guys next week, guys. We're signing off as always. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.